Rashawn Ali, everybody's homegirl, everybody's favorite soror, the cool soror, representing the ATL and the east side of Decatur. What's happening? Five, four, three, two. Okay, here we go. It's the Cool Soar Podcast, hosted by me, Rashawn Ali. <laughs> Welcome to another edition of the Cool Soar Podcast. I am Rashawn Ali. Thank you so much for being here. You know I appreciate your presence, your love, and all of your support since 2016, because some people think that I just started this thing. Well, I did just start the video portion of it about a year ago, so I'm very grateful for that. But um, this is the opportunity for us to be able to interview and explore the stories and the lives of women and men in black Greek letter organizations. And this next gentleman, I love to have the cool bras on, and root to the good bras. I love the PNG affair. Um, he has been, we have, have we met each other in uh, an event that we did for my chapter. Shout out to Pi Alpha Omega chapter of Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated. And we have since stayed in touch. And he was like, where you want to get me on your podcast? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? You right, you right. So joining me as a member of the Omega Sci-Fi Fraternity Incorporated is Dr. Kevin James, who's the 19th president of Morris Brown College. In the building. In the building. In the First building. of all, this outfit is amazing. Hey, man. Shout out to Starstruck. Uh-huh. Much love to them. Yes, it was custom made. It Purple and gold. Yeah, you know, I had to represent. You had to represent. I had to rep. Wow. I had to represent. That's great. That is Thank great. You. Is it, Listen, I hope they do a little pinky green joint or uh, whatever. Whatever I, you want. They'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they're how, amazing. How are you this cool as a president, sir? You, I mean. You know, people ask me that all the time. I'm one of the youngest HBCU presidents in the country. I'm just myself. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So we got to go back to, like, how you even got to this point yes. because I'm, I'm an Atlanta native. Yes. I actually was born here. There are not a lot of Grady people. Grady baby? That, no, I'm not a Grady baby. Oh. My parents had insurance. I, I Oh, actually, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Body blow. Body oh, blow. no. <laughs> I was born at Crawford Long, which is now known as Emory Midtown. I mean, it's the truth, guys. Oh, it's totally goodness. fine. Oh no my shade. Everyone's like, you're great. I'm not a Grady baby. Okay? okay. I'm a Crawford Long baby. Um, so I'm from here and to I actually went to a program at Morris Brown. Oh wow. When I was in high school, one of those summer programs. Okay. Amazing summer program. Um, and you came to really revitalize what yes. we thought we had lost yes. at Morris Brown College. <sighs> I almost want to start there, but let me just, I, I want to start with you way back. Let's start with sure. your undergraduate experience sure. at, at, at South Carolina State and then Winthrop. Yes. Uh, and then your, you know, obviously your matriculation and all the accolades that you've had since then and being now the president at Morris Brown College. Take me back. You come from a, you, you are, are you the only son amongst all these sisters? Yes, I have four sisters. Wow. I'm the oldest, the only one. And uh, I graduated high school in 1995. Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I love music. I mean, I'm a musician. I play the drums. And so I got a scholarship to attend South Carolina State University. Mm -hmm. So I was in the world-renowned, famous Marching 101 Band. See, the way y'all say 101. We used to whoop the 100 all the time. Don't get me started but, today. Doc, doc, doc. Do I do 1998, to... fall 95, see, you know what I'm saying? You, you know, we, we're not going to start no trouble okay, today. Okay, I, I, I mean, y'all started trouble when y'all named yourselves the 101. <laughs> but anyway, we're, that's neither here nor there. One step ahead oh, of the 100. Lord. Okay. Oh, Lord. Go ahead. But yeah, no, you know, I, I attended South Carolina State, and uh, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. 
you know, I come from a family of educators. Both of my parents are educators. My mother was a teacher, then a principal, then a school superintendent. My dad was a teacher. And they're both retired now. And so, you know, I attended South Carolina State, got a band scholarship, and I said, well, I guess I'll do music education. Yeah. And so I uh, was at South Carolina State actually for four years. When I got into music theory, I stopped real fast and said, okay, I do not want to teach music. I don't want to be a band director. Ah. And so I changed my major from, from music ed to speech pathology. And so wow. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I went one more semester at South Carolina State, and then I ended up transferring to Winthrop University. They had a degree in communication disorder, speech pathology. And so I ended up uh, finishing at Winthrop University. So I tell people all the time, I have four years of HBCU experience, yes. and then I ended up tra uh, transferring and graduated from Winthrop. And so uh, it was at Winthrop that I pledged the Omega Sci-Fi. Come on, come Fall on. Fall 2000, Immersive Sci Kappa Chapter okay. at Winthrop University. And... Um, the rest is history. Yeah. yeah. Wow, wow, wow. So so after you finish Winthrop, um, where do you go next? Because, I mean, your 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 resume is just it's so vast. Yes. With all the things that you've been able to accomplish. And then you didn't, like, figure out, did you know after Winthrop that, like, where yeah. you were going? Did you have a clearer vision? I did not. Okay. I'll never forget it. My senior year, I was at Winthrop. We were at Family Union. And my Uncle David, who lives in Albany, Georgia, said, Kevin, what you going to do when you graduate? And I said, I don't know. And so he said, listen, Albany, Georgia is a great place to get your start. I got an extra bedroom if you want to move to Albany. And I said, Unc, I'm going to hold you to that. Oh, you're going to go to Make Albany? A long story short, I end up in Albany, Georgia. I love it. I love right, it. At the graduation. And um, September 11th hit. Yeah, okay. I couldn't find a job anywhere. And I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was thinking I was going to go to Howard University for audiology uh, and hearing sciences. But I ended up uh, staying in Albany. And the only job that I could get was teaching at Turner Job Corps. Teaching. What? And so I was 21, 22 years old, and my students were 17, 18, 19 years old. So essentially, I mean, they're not peers, but like, like you four years apart. It, it really when it's, was really close. When it's really 21 close. and 25, it's a little closer. But. I was the youngest teacher there, and somehow, some way, my students really enjoyed my class because I was able to relate to them. Yeah. And so to your point about being cool and young and I've, <laughs> my entire career, I've always been, you know, right there with my with the students. Mm -hmm. And so it was there at uh, Turner Job Corps that I fell in love with working with adult students. Ah. And so I met a I met a mentor down in Albany and I'll never forget. He was like, yeah, I'm going to be a college president one day. Wow, that's really dope. I like that. So you knew you had a passion for teaching adult students. Yes. Young people. It came very natural to me. Again, my entire family are all educators. And I and I just knew for the longest that I did not want to teach. I did not want to be in education. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I did not want to do that. Like be in the classroom. Yes. Okay, okay. And God said, mm -mm, and pushed me right in, right after September 11th. And so uh, it was there that I fell in love with that. And so I met a mentor, and he was telling me about he wanted to be a college president one day. And I was in awe of that. I was like, man, a young black man wanting to be a college president. How, how do I do that? And so he's like, look, you got to go get your master's degree. You got to go get your doctorate degree. And so in 2002, I started on my master's degree, earned a master's in business from Troy State University. Uh -huh. And uh, 2002, 2004, graduated in 04, And then January of 05, I started on my doctorate in higher ed leadership and then graduated in 09. And so ever Oof. since that time, I've been in education, um, teaching, and then I moved into enrollment management, then I moved into student services, and then in 2009, when I finished my doctorate, I became a dean at Strayer University, 
Did that for about 13, 14, 15 years at different schools. And uh, it was December of 2018. Yeah. Um, I had also worked, well, before I went to Morris Brown, I also worked with 100 Black Men. Yes. So I'm a member of the 100 Black Men, start, started in 2008. And, and you uh, served in leadership. You were president yes, there. Yes, yes. Well, I was the uh, CEO of the okay. 100 Black Men of Atlanta. Okay, okay, got it. And then the interim CEO of the 100 Black Men of America. And then in December of 2018, I was sitting at home watching the news. And uh, now, mind you, this whole time, my goal was the college presidency. This because whole time. from that mentor yeah, that, all, that talks about it earlier. Since 2001, right. you know, um, I, w- I wanted to be a college president. So I'm sitting at home, December of 2018, watching the news. President of Morris Brown College retires, resigns. And I literally out loud said, wow, I want to be the president of Morris Brown College. You said that. I said it out loud. And I immediately went to the website. The job wasn't posted. And so I saw that the school was affiliated with the AME Church. So I'm Googling. Now, mind you, this was at 6 o'clock at night after hours. I'm Googling AME Church. And so I called the 6th district of the AME Church, which is headquartered right right down the street here. Uh And the way that God set it up, the chairman of the board's assistant answered the phone. Now, you know we don't answer the phone after hours. After 6 o'clock. Exactly. Come on. She answered the phone. I'm telling you, God was all in it. And I said, you do not know me. My name is Kevin James, but I just saw where your president retired, resigned. I want to be the next president of Morris Brown College. You said that to the assistant. I said it to her. And two strangers talked on the phone for 30, 45 minutes. At the end of that conversation, she said, send me your resume. I'm going to put it directly in the chairman's hands. Wow. And about a month later, I got a phone call for an interview. And so I was so excited to get that interview. I went into my very first interview. And my, my chairman says all the time that I said this. I don't remember saying it this way, but this is what he said that I said. Mm-hmm. He said that I said when I went in, not if you hire me, but when you hire me, this is how I'm going to save Morris Brown. Yeah. I don't remember saying it quite like that, but I might have said something similar. And so nevertheless, I went in. This is how we're going to do it. Three interviews later. Where do you get that? I'm going to make it happen attitude. Where, where does that come from? Is Where does that, it, was it from your parents? Was it being the big brother, the four sister? Like, wh- yeah. where does it come from? I don't know. I think a little bit of both. I think, you know, I feel like I've always been a leader, you know, being the oldest of five children, um, being the son of two educators, two PhDs who've always poured leadership and management and just being a great person into us. And then I say this all the time, you know, the lessons that I learned while joining my fraternity. You know, a lot of those lessons, they still stand with me today. A mm-hmm. lot of times, sometimes when I'm going through an issue, I'm like, wait a minute. No, nah, I pledge, man. I can handle this. Let's right, go. Right, right, right. And, and so, you know, it, it really is a little bit of all of that yeah. mixed together. Yeah. But I did go in saying, we're going to do this. People have asked me in other interviews, did I ever doubt that that we weren't going to do it? Right. Because, I mean, let me tell you something. Yeah. We were, I was in the... You know, you hear all the news stories, and I think I was in radio at the time when everything happened, when yeah. they lost the accreditation, and th- and people didn't think that it would even ever happen again. Yes. So the forethought that you had in 2001, 2002, that I'm going to be the president, and then you got this opportunity, and then the accreditation, which we'll get to, was reestablished. Like, yes. That was something that would never have even been thought of. Yeah. We thought it was over for Morris Brown. Yes. Forever. Everyone thought that. And it's interesting because that was the hardest part. People say, well, what's the hardest part of being the president of Morris Brown? The hardest part was exactly what you just said, getting people to believe that that was even possible. Wow. When I first became the president, no one would talk to me. 
Nobody. No one would talk to me because they're like, man, Morris Brown, aren't y'all closed? Even alum. Well, no, the alum. Now, I'll say this about the alumni. Morris Brown alum, and everybody loves their HBCU. Of course. And everybody goes hard for the HBCU. But I've never seen alumni like Morris Brown. I mean, you have to think about it. 20 years without accreditation. Bankruptcy, the loss of land, the loss of reputation, the loss of our brand. I mean, but they never gave up. So for those who don't know, when you lose accreditation, can you just kind of break that down for those people who may be watching this the first time? Like, so Morris Brown, they're doing their thing. They got $3 million about to build a hotel. We're going to get all into all of that. Yes. Now they're seeing this part of it. Yes. But when someone, when a school, an HBCU, loses accreditation, can you talk about what that means? Yes. First of all, nine times out of ten, when you lose your accreditation, that's a death sentence. Because when you lose access to accreditation, you lose access to federal financial aid. Okay. As black people, and even white folks and others, most folks took out student loans while they're in school. I mean, it's the biggest conversation in the country right now about forgiving student loans, right? And debt and all that kind of thing. And so Morris Brown, literally, when we lost our accreditation due to some financial mismanagement, we literally went from about 3,000 students to 50 students overnight. 50 students? Yeah, because you have to think about it, we can't pay cash money to go to college. We need loans, we need scholarships, we need grants, we need other funding. And the students, and not to mention, you want your school to be accredited. Accreditation is that gold standard that you are getting a quality education. Education, meaning your degree means something. Absolutely. There is something behind it. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. That means you're, it's validated. Your degree is validated so that you can move to the next level in whatever it is that you do. Absolutely. Whether it be the workforce or trying to go to higher education. Absolutely. Okay. Under the U- United States Department of Education, you have accreditation agencies that then vet the standards. You have these standards that all schools must meet to say, you know what, this is synonymous with the word quality. Mm. And so when we lost our accreditation due to financial mismanagement, now let me, I want to say something about that. Morris Brown never had a problem with academics. Never. It wasn't academics. It was some financial mismanagement. And 9.9 times out of 10, if a school gets in trouble, specifically in HBCU, it's never because of academics. Yeah. We do the best of educating Absolutely. us. Absolutely. It's always what? Finance. Finance. It's always something dealing with finance. So coming into the position, and I'm, you know, people ask me, did you believe that it was possible? I don't know what it is, but I never doubted that we were going to do it. I never doubted. It was like, all right, let's get going. And I could, when I write my book, I could tell you at least 50 times where a common sense person would have quit that day. Yeah. But when I came in, I said, no, we're going to absolutely do this. And you came in with a motto, the hard reset. Yeah. You actually had a vision. Yes. Walking in, because yes. you could have been like, man, look, man, wow, look at this financial piece. Look at this financial piece. Yes. We can, how are we going to do this? But you came in saying, this is the hard reset. Yeah. How did you come up with that concept? I didn't make the phrase up. Okay. I tell this story all the time. My pastor, mm-hmm. Bishop William Murphy of the Dream Center, mm-hmm. he preached a sermon probably six months to me taking that job called the hard reset. And he was using this analogy of, you know, when something goes wonky with your phone, you can restart your phone. That's called a soft reset. Yeah. And then it hopefully starts working well again. But if you have something really going wrong with it and you need to start anew, you can do what's called a hard Hard reset. reset. Wipe everything off the phone and start anew. And so my first day on the job, I went in and I saw some really, really bad things. Uh, We went in. The first thing I said was, bring me all the bills. Mm. And they brought me the bills. And I'm looking at the bills, and we hadn't paid our bills in two years. But the lights were on. The water was on. I couldn't believe it. I was like, 
I, I can prove to you that God is absolutely real. I, I'm like, how in the world are the lights on and we haven't paid a bill in two, two years? Two years. It's, it's crazy. All right, well, bring, bring me the faculty and staff payroll. Well, the faculty and staff were seven paychecks behind, but they all were at work with a smile, working hard. I was like, what, what is going on here? And then the biggest one for me was that last one. I said, well, bring me the bank account. And we had about $700 to our name. A university. I had more money in my account than Morris Brown had. Yes. And so I literally got up from my desk. I walked outside. Now, one thing that uh, Morris Brown has that no other college has, three things. Location, location, location. Okay. <laughs> I'm walking around the campus and I'm l- talking out loud to God like, God, what did I just walk into? And the first thing I heard was, use what you got. And I look up and I'm looking at this brand new $1.9 billion Mercedes-Benz stadium. stadium. Like literally that's walking distance Seven from your minute campus. Walk. I walked over there just to time to see how far away we are. Seven minute walk from Morris Brown. And so I said, all right. We have to do, and then that sermon title came back to me, The Hard Reset. I said, okay, we, just, we have to start anew. And so the idea that I came up with, one of the first ideas that I came up with was, um, I was thinking about what a lot of alums had said to me about academic programs. And so we had a very strong reputation for hospitality management. Yes. We're the only HBCU in the state with that degree. So I said, I know what I'm going to do to save the school. We are going to build a hotel on the campus of Morris Brown College, tie that hotel into our academic program where I can get out of the business of begging people for money. I pitched the idea to my chairman. He was like, well, that's a good idea, but how in the world are we going to do that, right? And so we went straight to work. Uh, I presented it at our board retreat. We had a huge conversation about how we would build a hotel. And at the end of the conversation, it was very intense, at the end of the conversation, Unanimous vote, go build your hotel. And so to make a very, very, very long story short, we just signed a deal with Hilton Hotel. Come on. To build a $40 million hotel on our campus. Wow. The entire bottom floor of the hotel will be a school of hospitality and business. Get out of here. For Morris Brown College. And our students are going to get hands-on learning in the Hilton both in restaurant management as well as hotel management. Get out. And now I don't have to beg anymore for oh money. And then all of those people <laughs> that come to the games to, to watch the Falcons, they can literally... Location, location, location. location. Seven-minute walk. Seven-minute walk to the Mercedes-Benz And then Stadium. you're employing black students. Absolutely. All students. Yes. But primarily black students. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, yes, that's the hard reset. We had, to, we had to start anew. And so I was like, man, that sermon title that my pastor, I'm going to use that as our mantra. And did you tell him you were going to use it now? I did. Okay. I did. Okay. Oh, yes. Me and my pastor very tight. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he, he loves it. And so, um, nevertheless... The hard reset has been our mantra for these last four and a half years. And uh, it's what we have had to do to start anew. So moving into this process of getting the yes for you guys are back. Yes. Accreditation is back. Like, tell me about that process. Because yes. I see the vision of with the hotel, but you still got to get some validation. Yes. For this federal money and, 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 and for the, the, the university to be or the college to be respected yes. on that level again, and it comes with that validation from the accreditation. Tell me about that process. Yes. So the very first thing that I did when I went to my very first interview, and they were asking me these questions about accreditation, that, that's the primary thing. We got to get accredited. I went into my first interview, and I said, if you hire me, we're going to switch accreditation agencies. 
we're going to go back to our Christian roots of a Christian education. Hmm. So we are now accredited by the Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools. Were there different standards for other organizations? Well, the standards are the same. The one standard that's different from TRACS and the other accreditation agency is that TRAC schools proclaim being Christian, Christian okay. and have what's called a faith statement. Because the, the, the Morris Brown is rooted in the AME church. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. And people and need to understand that. Absolutely. Yes. It doesn't mean you have to be a Christian to come, but we have a, a, a public faith statement. We believe in Christ. Right. And that that is the major difference. And the U.S. Department of Education has said there is no difference between these accreditation agencies. They all have right the same there. rigorous standards. Let me stop you right there. Yes. But you had to have the the wherewithal to say, yes, who is going to show me love or give me grace? Absolutely. Because you could have tried it that way. Absolutely. But you had to say, let me let me go back to my center yes. and my core. Yes. You have to have a leader like yourself. Well, I, I appreciate you saying that, but I'm, a, I'm not going to take full credit. Okay. I got the idea from a school in Texas, Paul Quinn College. Oh, wow. Paul Quinn College in Texas had some similar issues, and they switched accreditation agencies as well. Makes sense. And they were, they're now on top. And so when I was looking and, and really just analyzing the HBCU sphere, I was like, wow, look at how Paul Quinn bounced back by changing their mantra of going back to a Christian education with this new accreditation agency, we're going to do the same thing. And I went into my very first interview saying, if you hire me, this is what we're going to do. And so the board, unanimous vote, let's do that. And so uh, going through the Transnational Association of Christian Colleges and Schools has been the best thing that ever happened to Morris Brown College. Wow. To your point, we went, we went back to our Christian roots. They, The way that I kind of describe it is... They want to see what the plan is. Some others want to see what you have in your hand mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. This agency says, well, show me what your plan is and how you're going to get that in your hand as you work along. And so we did it in three years. Wow. In three years. That's, that's the grace of God and also Absolutely. great leadership. And I don't want you to, I know, I know that you have been giving credit to, to other people, but you had to have yes. this to be able to yeah. think about how can we do this? Because this is like it's history. Yes. The AUC does. I mean, Morris. I mean, it's all a part of the Absolutely. AUC. Absolutely. In this history of black schools here. Absolutely. In Atlanta, and, and the thing about what you've done, like you've done things so strategically. I remember when everything was happening. You like we're gonna bring the D nine back and bring the chapters back. Yes. You being a part of the D nine and yes. being a part of a black Greek letter organization. Why was that so important? To yes. You? Because of what Omega did for me, I wanted that to happen to other students. I know the importance, not just my opinion, but what the research says that Divine Nine and Fraternity does for leadership development, social interaction, retention of students, uh, brotherhood, sisterhood, community service, all of those things. And so Morris Brown historically uh, had a very strong D9 presence. Mm -hmm. And so, again, it's not really me just saying, hey, let's do it. I really wanted to go back the hard reset, yeah. back to where Morris Brown was. We're bringing the band back. We're bringing back D9. We're bringing back everything that we were before. Some small sports. Now, folks calling me, all right, where's football? Where's basketball? You got to gradually. The hard reset is coming, you know, but it's going to take time. We're going to start with some small sports. Because, again, Morris Brown College, we, and I say this without even biting my tongue, 
we were and are the backbone of the Atlanta University Center. It was not the same for 20 years. What makes you say that? Because people would beg to differ. Oh, pl- let me tell you something. People from Morehouse, Spelman, Clark, and other schools will tell you it hasn't been the same. Mm. They will tell you that. Right. The social, the band, the football games, the D9, the social interaction, just the whole premise of all of the schools, all six, including ITC, wow. all six right there. Mm-hmm. It has not been the same without Morris Brown College. Wow, wow. And you've done some, like, incredible things. Like, I know my, my guy T were from the Atlanta Greek Picnic. I know he's brought, Absolutely. like, the picnic there. Yeah. What does it mean for you to be able to, like, let me embrace the community, too, Absolutely. around this hard reset. Yeah. Why was that important to you? Because you could have abs- totally said no. Well, first of all, we've been hosting Greek Picnic for 20 years. So that's history. Mm-hmm. And I didn't change it when it came in. And I had to mention any little money in my pocket mm-hmm. <laughs> in the school's bank account. So, you know, just bringing all the D9 is just tradition at this point mm-hmm. uh, to the campus of Morris Brown College. We had the space downtown Atlanta. I mean, we're just a great host. Yeah. And, and you know, I continue, I want to continue. Yeah. The, the Greek picnic at Morris Brown College. Yes, yes. Absolutely. So, so how has it been now that we've, we've got the accreditation? We know with the hotel breaks ground this spring, this right? This spring, yeah. I know, I read that. Yes. I do my research. Okay. Yes, yes. What, is that, what does that feel like now that you, when you're having these conversations, you get the approval, and now you're about to see the dirt coming up? Yes. You I, know? I can't wait because the building of this hotel is going to be transformative for our institution. I mean, the campus is going to bl- blossom um, the fact that we're bringing big business to the campus, revenue to Morris Brown College, folks are going to come. I mean, this isn't going to g- just be a hotel for Morris Brown College. Right, absolutely This not. is a hotel for the Atlanta University Center. This is a, a, a black-owned hotel in downtown Atlanta. Falcons, Hawks games. Man. I mean, Atlanta we, United. Atlanta United. Yes. I mean, we are going to bring big business, jobs. The SEC championship, too. SEC, I mean, all of that. And the biggest thing for Morris Brown is that our students are going to work in the hotel and get hands-on experience. When they graduate in four years from Morris Brown, they go immediately into Hilton, Marriott, wherever they want to go. Yes. Because they now have this experience. And again, Morris Brown is the only HBCU in the state with a degree in hospitality management. We get in right now. That is so good. Thank you. Dr. Hold on. And I did not mention. Uh I didn't mention. Go ahead. In this hotel, as we build it, the rooftop will be a restaurant overlooking the Atlanta University Center. Because you know the black folks love a rooftop. Absolutely. (laughs) So all your gatherings, all your gatherings, parties, social events, business meetings. But Morris Brown College, downtown Atlanta. But I think it, you know, a lot of what we're seeing with Morris Brown, Mm -hmm. God is ordained. For you to be the leader, because you. you're a social guy. Yeah. You are you, but you are also a thought leader. Yes. You're educated. You all of these things. So it had to be you. Did you ever? Do you ever sit back and be like, <laughs> "Hey, you know what I'm saying, God? You know what I'm saying? You saw it, huh? Oh, man. You saw it, friend, and you do it. Like, do you ever take a moment to, to just relish in the things that? God driven yes. has been has been able to transpire because of your leadership. Yes. You, you you got to yeah. tell me you do. It's a humbling experience. Okay, I absolutely believe that God sent me to Morris Brown College. It was things that happened to me that I just did not understand throughout my career and in my personal life. Like, why am I moving to Atlanta again? Like, why do why am I doing it? And 
when I got the job at Morris Brown, and now that we're on the other side, I'm like, I absolutely understand why that happened, why that happened, why that happened. So I, I feel like God sent me to the institution, but it's not about me. It's a team effort. Yes. I have a phenomenal team of leaders. I have phenomenal alumni, the African Methodist Episcopal Church. People ask me all the time, how did the school not close? My mother even said, Kevin, how in the world did the school not close? Three reasons. Number one, God. Mm-hmm. Number two, the alumni. And number three, the AME Church. Without Even no, if it was just 50 students, it never closed down. Never closed. See, that's the misconception. People never thought closed. it was over with. We never closed. For these last 20 years, we had somewhere between 20 and 35 students each year. And, you know, we never closed. Now, we weren't accredited. But people, and that's another question people ask me, why in the world would someone go to a school that's yeah. not accredited? Right. Well, most of the people who came to Morris Brown, they were AME, family, my mom went to Morris Brown, my cousin went to Morris Brown, and or working adults. We had a lot of working adults over these last 20 years who attended Morris Brown who just wanted that education to get the credential, yeah. maybe to get promoted on their job or whatever. But we, we've, we've never closed, and we've been open since 1881. Wow. Absolutely. Let me tell you something. When I saw you for the first time and I heard about, you know, them hiring a new president. Yes. We were very hopeful. But, you know, a lot of folks, especially black people, are like, man, you know that ain't going to happen. <laughs> you know they ain't going to get a credit. They down there trying to do it. And they got this young brother over here. He got yeah. all the nice clothes and everything. Yeah. There was a lot of doubt. Yes. What, what did you do in your personal life to tell yourself, this is going to happen yes. for this university. Well, first of all, I'm a man of faith. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll never forget, you know, the week before I started, I was at church and I'm like, okay, God, use me. You, you got to use me here. Give me wisdom. Give me everything that I'm going to need to be able to do the impossible. The biggest thing about this resurrection at Morris Brown is the fact that it's never been done before. That's why I didn't blame people not wanting to talk to me. Mm. I understood them not wanting to talk to me, not believing what we're doing, because it's never been done. No HBCU that's been closed for 20 years has ever rebounded. So this is like, not only is it a great thing, it's historical. It's historical. Okay. Morris Brown getting its financial aid back, we're the first to ever do that after bankruptcy. So, So this was God all wrapped into it. So being a man of faith, just having the internal mind that we're going to do it. I tell people all the time, and my, my leadership, leadership team will tell you, my mantra is fix it, there are no excuses. I like that. Fix it, there are no excuses. Everybody knows no excuses from pledging and all that kind of thing. But it's, it's really in my heart. There are no excuses. There is a, if there's a will, there, there's a way willpower. If you can think it, you can achieve it. And so I just always believed. And and I honestly really mean that because it's so many things that should have stopped us dead in our tracks. I was on in the job for uh, four months as President Morris Brown and our building caught on fire and we didn't have any insurance. Jesus. So the building was destroyed. Yeah. A normal person would have quit that day. I was like, okay, well, building caught on fire. Let's fix it. Let's go. This, and we put the building back together with our bare hands, with no insurance. Yes, with our bare hands. We're painting walls. I'm painting walls. We put down carpet. We're getting folks to donate paint, donate carpet, donate a couch, donate this, donate this. Called in alumni, please, will you come help us paint this? We did it with our bare hands. I mean, it's, I can give you 50 examples of where someone normal would have quit that day. Yeah. Because it was such a heavy lift. 
it, it, I'm telling you, it was it was such a heavy burden to overcome these things that, quite frankly, had never been done before. So when you see, so so so, have you had a homecoming yet? Absolutely. We've uh, let me tell you something. We've always had homecoming, even when we we're in the credit. Even it wasn't for the last people, twenty it years. Fit the people there. No, oh, homecoming's turned up. Okay, I, I, I listen because the way the way the media shaped it and the way that. Even native Atlantans and in the AUC, we thought it was literally donezo. Every year we had homecoming. And every year we had hundreds to thousands of alums come to Morris Brown College for homecoming. They never gave up on their school. Wow, Never. Man. Love black They people. never gave up on their school. Now, the year we got accredited, oh, Maybe. my goodness, we had a phenomenal it was homecoming. Lit, lit. Oh, man, it was off the chain. <laughs> yes. Off the, you didn't hear about the, 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 the helicopter coming down? Tell me about it. This, oh, we got man. a platform. Tell me about what happened. I said, I want to do something special for Mr. and Miss Morris Brown. So we, we uh, I had a friend who owns a helicopter, and he flew us in on the helicopter. Ooh, we landed ooh. right in the middle of homecoming Stop. helicopter. Stop. Yeah. What you, what you had on it? Oh, man, I don't even remember. <laughs> I know it was fresh. I, I don't even you know remember. What I'm yeah, but it, it, <laughs> it, 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 was, it was a nice entrance. Yes. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So I know what it. I know Ti was talking about what some things that he may have uh, done in partnership with with, with Morris Brown. Can you yes. talk a little bit about that? Yeah, you know Ti is a cool guy, man. Yeah, he is. And what I love the most about him is he's a businessman. He is. He is a straight up businessman. Absolutely. I got to meet him and we hung out a few times, and uh, I saw that he had partnered with this company uh, with laptops and and tablets and computers. And I called him up. I said, hey, man, you got those laptops and those those tablets. My students need some laptops. He literally picked up the phone, made a call. Next thing I know, he's at my school delivering 250 laptops to my students. Wow. Yeah. That's great. He, he talked about it on Club Shay Shay. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. an amazing guy, man. Yeah. Good friend. That's great. Yeah. Now, Dr. Carroll, you're a good-looking brother. You, oh, you, you're you. fine. You got, oh, your, you got you. your fashion down. We, I mean, where you going? Where you going? Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Lock it down, No, nah, All right. <laughs> hey, I'm open to dating. <laughs> okay. I'm dating, you know. Okay. Um, I'm seeking. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a special woman because, I mean, you a are. A very special person. Yes. I'm seeking. Because yes. when you are this highly intelligent, yes. you you have the, this job because yes. people are looking at you. Yes. And it's, you got, it's. Is it yes. is there is there is there a little room for error when you're in a position like this? Nobody's perfect, but I am looking for my wife. I mean, you know, I want to be married. Yes. People think that oh, you know, he's a young guy and he's a president. And I, don't know. I actually want to be married one day. Mm-hmm. Um, but because and people ask me all the time, why have you never been married? Right. I've never been married. It's a very easy answer. Okay. I have never been married because I do not believe in divorce. Oh. That's not deep. You don't believe I do not believe in divorce. Right. Are your parents still here? My with parents us? are still married. And, and okay, good. Both yeah. of my parents. And so are mine. 47 years. Mine are 54. Years. Mine are 54. No, mm-hmm. I'm 45. 47 years. Okay. 47 years. Yeah. They've been married. So then you had this great example. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. But but nobody's perfect, but I, I am looking for the person who I who I can stay with. Yeah. Yeah. You in Atlanta, man. It's tough. <laughs> It's fine. I'm good, but I but I hope for that for you because you know you yes. you have you, you have all the things. Well, thank you. You know what I mean, and I think that'll be a, a great thank you. thing. So look, introduce me to AK. Uh, uh, you know, listen, or or, or anybody <laughs> that's in the Cool Sora Collective. You know what I'm saying? Uh, there you go. You know what I mean? It'll be a good go. thing. So moving forward, like I mean, you you obviously have been very um, strategic as to where you want your life to go. 
right now this is where you are and how you want to serve in this capacity. Yes. But what is the future for Dr. Kevin James? Like, what does it look like? Yes. Even maybe even beyond what you have established here at, at Morris Brown. I feel like God put into me the premise of being a leader. Mm -hmm. uh, people ask me all the time. They ask me, am I a politician or a preacher? And I'm neither. I'm a college president. And I can understand why they say that, because I do believe that God's hand is on my life. But I want to be a college president. I want to stay at Morris Brown as long as I can. Amen. Um, people ask me, okay, all right, you got him accredited. What's next? The way that I look at it, and this is what I told my leadership team, when we got accredited April 26, 2022, that was my first day on the job. Yes, because now you got, now it's work to do. That was my first day on the job. The, the, the previous three, four years was us getting out of the grave. Now that we're up, we're looking around, we've dusted ourselves off, we're accredited, we got students, we're growing, you know, we got all these things going on. It's time to really take Morris Brown College to the next level, yes. the hard reset. Right. And so it is my goal, hear what I'm about to say, that Morris Brown College is going to be the number one HBCU in this country. Wow. Kevin, what are you talking about? You guys filed bankruptcy, you've been clothed. We're going to be the number one HBCU in this country with whatever metric you use to measure that. Yes. We're going to be the best. Right now, Morris Brown is doing a phenomenal job of growth. And we're the most affordable HBCU in the city of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. So we're right now growing. I mean, four years ago, we had 20 students. Today, we got 250. And this fall, we anticipate having over 400 students. That's great. Yeah. What is your goal as far as student enrollment yeah. as you continue to progress? Well, Morris Brown at its peak had 3,000 students. Right. So Because it's, it's, it's a private institution. Private institution. Right. Ultimately, my goal would be for us to be the largest that we've ever been. But it's not a rush. Mm -hmm. We got time. It's a and marathon, not a sprint. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And people ask me all the time, well, how are you going to do that having lost all your land in bankruptcy? We have something today that we did not have 25 years ago, mm -hmm. online learning. Mm -hmm. So we're going to absolutely tap into online learning. Nice. We're going to tap into utilizing what we have. we got six acres left. you know, And being like a hybrid institution where, let's say a student takes – Three classes online, two on campus, two on campus, three online, whatever. We can scale without having to right now go out and purchase, you know, $50 million in land and all that kind of stuff. We're going to utilize what we have to restore the institution. Yes. Yeah. That, 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 I think that's fantastic. I think Thank that's you. fantastic. And we are. I, I'm so grateful that God tapped you on the shoulder Thank even you. early in the 2000s to be able to, to lead this institution. Because I don't, if not you, then who? Right. Yeah, because it needed to be a special person yes. to be able to do that. So what what has been your greatest joy mm -hmm. seeing all of this happen? My greatest joy was, I got a few. The first one was accreditation. Mm -hmm. I mean, people were crying. Yeah. I mean, that was so touching to see some of the alumni actually like bawling, crying. Yeah. That was so touching. Because I, I couldn't imagine if something happened to FAMU. I mean... I grew up in the, you know, I went to the, the, the School of Journalism, but I also was a swimmer. I was a student athlete, and the wow. program is program is no longer. So right. when, yes. I'm going to say that, yes. the, the program is reinstated, I probably will, like, cry. Yes. Because I know how much that program did for me. So yes. to, to know that a university was reinstated, yes. I'm sure those tears, were e those tears were even deeper. It was so deep. It, it, it was really, really deep. And um, my next greatest one would be the day we got our financial aid back. That was... You know, the financial aid journey was harder 
than the accreditation journey. Mm. We lost our accreditation due to the mismanagement of financial aid. So the U.S. Department of Ed, oh my, you know how they say double dot I's and double cross T's? No, quadruple dot I's, quadruple. I mean, they were on us to make sure that we were doing it the right way. And so that was a big win. Um, the day, my first graduation, where my first five students graduated wow. with an accredited degree. That was my next one. And actually, we have our next graduation coming up yes. where we got 20 graduates. Okay, okay, okay. Accredited degrees. Group. Accredited degrees. Right. You know, already got jobs, already accepted graduate schools. I mean, Morris Brown is back. Yeah. So, I, you know, I got so I got a lot. But, you know, the, I would say that those are probably my top three. Last question. Well, a couple more questions. When will the hotel be done? What is that a two-year process? It's going to take about 18 months from okay. when we break ground to, okay. to finish the hotel. Yeah, I know it's going to be, press is going to be out there. Like, I, I know you're going to have the press Absolutely. out there. Absolutely. When y'all break ground. Absolutely. I need to be out there because that's a big deal, right? It's a huge deal. It's a big deal. Yeah, and I'm sure you've gotten so much great support from the entire AUC yes. that you're back and all their presidents and their alumni, like really, really happy that this is happening. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. yeah. So, of course, in Winth at Winthrop, you became a member of Omega Sci-Fi in 2000. Yes. Did Omega Sci-Fi choose you, or did you choose Omega Sci-Fi? So, that's a that's an interesting question, because my entire family is Omega. Oh, okay. My dad is an Omega, okay. pledged at Fort Valley, Fall 70. Ooh. I pledged 30 years almost to the date that because my dad Because of your pledged. daddy. Yeah. yeah. My, all my uncles, yeah. they pledged at Fort Valley. Um, I chose Omega Sci-Fi. Okay. Um, but I was born into a family of Omegas and a family of Deltas. Mm -hmm. I have four sisters. They're all, all Deltas? All four of them oh, are Deltas. Oh, Lord. Tell my girls I said what's up yeah, to the D9. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but I, I believe that uh, I chose Omega, of course. Um, I was able to see Omega growing up. Mm -hmm. i never forget one time I didn't have anything to wear to school one day. Uh -oh, oh, no, you didn't. No, yeah, you didn't. No, I was in did. middle school. I was in middle school, and I didn't have anything to wear to school one day. And I didn't really know what it was. And I was like, I like that purple shirt oh, right there. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. I, no, you didn't. No, you didn't, Doc. <laughs> I was in middle school. I never forget it. Seventh grade. My dad, he almost killed me. He was like, boy, are you crazy? But um, So you didn't make it out the house? I, I didn't make it out the house. Oh, okay, okay. I, I, I was about I to say, you made it out the house. I, I, I that didn't make it out the house. I didn't make it out the house. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, awesome, yeah. awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. How can people, like, there are people who want to support, like, financially. Even yes. If, because every little goes a long way, or Absolutely. every lot goes a long way. How can people support Morris Brown yes. just on a just a philanthropic level? Yes, just go to our website, morrisbrown.edu. It's easy. Morrisbrown.edu. Yeah, and yes. they can continue to give because every, again, every little amount counts. I Absolutely. thank you. Thank you so much for, for being me. here. Thank like, you. yeah, like, yeah. Let me get the information about that suit. Because uh, I'm going to need me in about, you know, about three, four colors. There you, you go. You know what I'm talking about. Hey, yeah, yeah. yeah so... Can we show love to the president of Morris Brown College, the man who was behind the vision of the hard reset, Thank you. the accreditation, and so much more for Morris Brown College. Dr. Kevin James, everybody. Thank you. Thank you yes. for having me. Thank you.